Welcome to the Big 3 IDP Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh, Bobby, and Adam. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big 3 IDP Podcast. And I am joined in the virtual realm by two masters of IDP, Adam Markham, Bobby Reynolds, Addy, you got that mischievous grin on your face. I'm very worried. How are we tonight, gentlemen? You should be, Josh. I'm doing real good, boys. How are we doing? That is that is dangerous. That kind of manic, like Tiger King energy is very scary for me. Yeah, daddy's on some Budweiser's, so uh, you never know. Never know what could happen. <laughs> I do miss you pounding simultaneously monster and some sort of alcohol in the soda shack. Uh, probably the thing that I like, what have we missed during quarantine and all this? Just Adam's heart, like simultaneously pounding out of his chest and then like slowing to a crawl is probably tops on the list for me. I've really cut back on the monsters, though, for real. I don't I don't really mess with them anymore. Ever since you saw what they look like outside the can. Yeah, that uh, that did scare me. That 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 scared me. Scared me straight for sure. I mean, I would say so. It was like it was like uh, an extremely dehydrated person's urine. Yeah, yeah, not good. Not good at all. Bobby, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Doing great, Josh. Are you uh, rocking the tea again tonight? What's what's your beverage of choice? Yeah, a little uh, little tea tonight. A little fire pot tea out of Nashville. Uh, the queue here in Bowling Green sells them, and uh, instead of going to the queue, I just order direct now. There you go. Yeah, quarantine's gotten me into tea, which is weird. I'm a tea guy. So what uh, what tea is it again? It's a fire pot. So is it like a hot? It's like a hot tea. It's like a hibiscus tea. Uh, it's a hot tea. Yeah. What's it, what's it do for you? That means it has fireball in it. It does. Yeah. I put a little <laughs> uh, put a little pappy in it. You see. You know, Little cube of ice, Lord chill her down, mm. just a touch. Amen. That's nice. That's a beautiful. Hot toddy down south. Yes, sir. What does it do for you, though, for real? Uh, it makes you feel alert. Um, it really brings your IDP senses, like, just to the tip of your tongue. I mean, you're ready. Um, ready to so rock and roll. I, I can tell. I only, I only drink them on Sunday nights. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same, same thing with me and Budweiser's. <laughs> yeah that brings out your best qualities for sure adam for sure, for sure. the yeah. best part too about adam when he's got you know budweiser's or energy drinks in the sochak is he'll also have like a spicy chicken sandwich from chick-fil-a and probably like a like a zebra snack sure sure hey hey i'm not taking care of myself <laughs> yeah that's good my insides are just real bad shape I love when Adam shows up with just a like a lunchbox, just full of whatever he can just grab on the way out. Just full of junk. Yeah. Just like, what can I grab from the pantry that a stoned 18-year-old would love to eat? That's what's going in the old lunchbox. Pretty much. Pretty much. So we've got a fun episode for you guys tonight. Uh, rookie Fever hasn't quite died down yet. We did the Rookie ADP review episode last week. And this week, we're going to squeeze one more episode out of this NFL draft that has just happened. Uh, We had our main league, the XFFL, did our rookie draft on Sunday. So what we're going to do is 
we have the man here himself that had about 12 or 13 picks in that rookie draft. So we're going to walk through. It's a five-round draft, 12 teams, so 60 players total. We're going to go through the first three rounds in depth and then speed through the last couple rounds and just basically talk about each of the picks um, so that you, as you head into your rookie drafts, if you haven't already had those, have an idea of where players might be going, where some players might be values, some reaches that we saw. There were quite a few of those that we'll touch on. Uh, So we're just going to walk you through our rookie draft. I know this is sort of like mock draft season. I know the footballers are doing their first mock draft of the year. So this is an actual draft. This is for real, like the prep that has gone into our draft over the past, you know, six or seven months, Bobby, maybe even longer for you stretching back into last year, all the prep finally paid off. So we're going to walk through the results of all that hard labor. That's right. Mm -hmm. It's all come to fruition, baby. That's right. So we're going to get through that. But we have a a couple of housekeeping notes here uh, to touch on. The first, guys, we want to give a shout out to Ray from Taiwan for being the listener of the week. If you haven't checked it out yet, go look at Ray's review on Apple Podcast. Uh, We... It's guys, I think this is the first time I have seen at least uh, an international like listener come and review the show. So big time shout out to Ray. We appreciate you, man. Thanks. If you haven't left us a review over on Apple Podcasts yet, it's really easy. It helps out a lot. Um, Just go over there five stars and leave us an actual written out review. It really helps us out. Dan Han Dajiao Leza Taiwan. That's for you, Ray. There you go. That was flawlessly executed, I'm sure. That was, uh, that was what, what language do they speak in Taiwan, Bobby? Educate us. That's a Mandarin. Mandarin. I mean, I okay. guess he could actually probably speak something different because I'm pretty sure Taiwan's pretty big. But um, when it Googled language spoken in Taiwan, Mandarin's what came up, Josh. <laughs> that, so that's Mandarin with a Kentucky flair. So, uh, yeah. So thanks to Ray. And make sure to go over and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts um, if you haven't done so already. We're at 29, I think. So I'd love to get up above like, you know, 35 or 40 uh, within the next uh, few weeks here. I think if some of our listeners got on there, we could blow past that pretty easy. Yeah. It's like uh, orange peeled chicken with a little little Budweiser on it. Yes, <laughs> I love that that's your like definition of legit uh, Taiwanese food. Oh, yeah. I did have some uh, some Panda Express um, this past week. I was trying to go healthy, so I didn't get the best menu item, but they've got some some really good menu items on there. Like you get a lot of food for very cheap. Yeah, very authentic. Very, Very authentic. authentic. <laughs> Not a fan, Josh. You need to go get the real deal. Go to either Payway or uh, my favorite place, Cheesecake which is PF Factory. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory. No, not that. Oh, no, I can't stand Panda. The last time I went, you got like the, uh, I got the, I don't know, some type of chicken, and it was like so breaded that there was no chicken at all. It was like 80% breading, 20% chicken. It was o- awful. Orange chicken? But, Huh. Probably orange chicken, you think? I think so. Orange chicken. That's their uh, that's their most popular one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. I like that one okay. It's pretty good. And then uh Beijing beef is a good one. 
Um, mm. It's okay. It's 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 decent. It's a you know you get get a lot of bang for your buck. You got to do the you got to do the pick two. If you do the, if you do the pick one, as far as the entrees go, you're an idiot. You're a real you're a real big idiot. <laughs> yeah. See, Adam, this is what we appreciate about you. You give us like the the fast food hacks. Yeah, yeah. you got to get the is, two. Paint is pretty spread out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you if you do the one entree, you only get like a bowl. You get the you get for one you get I think just one of the uh sides, but you only get one entree and it's just a bowl. But if you get the two, you get a whole like to-go box. You get the two entrees, you get your your Beijing beef and your orange chicken and then you what the what the pros do is they'll they'll get they'll get the rice and they'll get the chow mein as as the side. So what the pros do. This is <laughs> what the people who are trying to ingest 2,500 calories do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's out there. That's out there for the taking. You know, don't be an idiot. Make the right choice when you go to Panda. Adam, have you had your blood pressure checked recently? We are very worried about you. I've got great blood blood pressure. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I don't know. Something wrong with me in, in the brain. <laughs> That sounded like a Donald Trumpian thing. I have the best blood pressure. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Yeah, it's it's the huge. Best. It's off the charts. All right, gentlemen. Um, another piece of housekeeping here that we wanted to touch on is that we have been booking some big time guests this past week. And we have one of them coming up on Tuesday. We're not going to say who it is. We want to leave the listeners guessing. But we will say this, they are from what I consider to be uh, the most popular NFL podcast on the planet. And if you turn on NFL Network on Friday, you will see their face on NFL Network. So this is, we talk about big fish, landing a big fish. This is probably the biggest fish that we may ever have on the show. It's been a dream guest of mine for a long time. Like when we f- first started this show and we were dreaming up who could we have on, this was my number one. So very excited to have this person on the pod. We've got two other awesome guests coming on uh, later on here in the coming months. Addy, hit us with the line from the Hanks child that uh, has been summing up what Big Three's been up to. Bop, bop. Big things, big things, the biggest things like big three doing big things. We also have another announcement, uh, probably hopefully sometime here in the next couple of weeks that we're excited about. So uh, stay tuned for that. Like not just guests, like there are things cooking behind the scenes in big three IDP world that we are very, very excited to uh, talk to you all about here in the coming weeks. But look forward to Tuesday's episode like I said, big time guest, going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to talk some IDP. We're going to talk some football. And uh, we're going to be extremely nervous because uh, this is the biggest guest that we've ever had on. I think, Bobby, you might be wearing a suit, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll try not to fumble over our words and look like idiots too much. But it's going to be a lot of fun. So check it out. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be just fine. No worries there. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm worried about is that you will be just fine. <laughs> so, all right, gentlemen, enough dilly dallying. Let's get into it and look at the 2020 XFFL rookie draft results. 
And what we're going to do here, fellas, is uh, I'll buzz through the first round, and then we'll just go pick by pick. Bobby, you had pretty much half the first round. So what we're going to do is talk about, did we like this move? If it was your pick, Bobby, why did you pick this person versus that person? And we'll just walk through it here one pick at a time. So I'll read off the draft board here for us, fellas. And again, this is a 12-team league with a five-round rookie draft. And I believe this is our fourth year doing this. No, is this our fifth year? 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, this is our fifth rookie draft, boys. Look at that. Mm. Yep. It's big play. It is big play. Yes, it is a big play league on the RSO platform. So that is important as well. We talked about this a little bit on the last sode that with the contracts situation in our RSO league, running backs are typically going to be the higher pick in rookie drafts because that's the most valuable asset that you can have in our league is a top 12 running back on a rookie contract. So just a little bit of context, because I think typically in dynasty leagues, you see more often um, wide receivers go. And we're not a true dynasty league because it's a contract league. You can have a player the entirety of their career, but you will have to extend them and pay big money to them at some point if they're a top 12 at their position. So all that said, let's get into the draft results here, fellas. So at the 101, Bobby went Jonathan Taylor. Uh, two, or the 102 was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb at the 105, Chase Young, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, DeAndre Swift at the 109, Henry Ruggs III, Cam Akers, and rounding out the first round at the 112 was Isaiah Simmons. All right, Bob, so let's start at the top. This is a place where the draft actually went a direction that maybe not everyone was expecting. CEH has been pretty much the 101 consensus, I feel like. So why did you decide to go Jonathan Taylor there? Um, I wrote an article basically just getting the thoughts out of my head as to why I went JT at the 101. I think for 2020, CEH will be – he might be the rookie of the year, honestly. He's going to get a ton of looks. Um, I think he's a pretty good rusher as well. Um, his receptions are going to be out of this world. Um, my problem is that Mahomes and them are going to be a pass-first team. I don't think they're going to be a run-first team as long as – Mahomes and Andy Reid are together. Um, I think that probably hurts CEH a little bit. I do think CEH has some problems in pass protection that he's going to have to have to learn a little bit in the NFL. Um, you know, you get Mahomes lit up a little bit early on, and they're going to be throwing Damian Williams back in there. So, um, you know, Damian Williams might be a little bit of a frustration. <clears throat> My thing with Jonathan Taylor, I think he's the better back. Um, I don't think I'm going to win it in 2020. I don't think that's the way that my team is set up. I'm kind of looking for, you know, the next couple years after that, at least to be able to compete. Um, but when I really looked into their tape and, and even Adam said it, and when Adam said it a couple podcasts ago, I had literally, I think, watched his highlights and stuff that day. But JT's Wisconsin tape is stupid. Like that dude has the craziest abilities as far as like actually just physically running the ball. Um, you know, he's got one move type agility to where he can make you miss. He can get around the end. He can run you over really if he needs to. 
He's super fast. You know, he can carry a big load. He he you know, he ran the ball a bunch up in Wisconsin. I love that they're actually going to be running the same type of scheme there in Indianapolis. So, um, I mean, I really just looking into those two guys, I just fell in love with JT more than CEH is what it was. Yeah, um, we know that I love JT as well. Uh, I love this pick for Bobby. I agree. I think he's long term uh, has a chance to be a top three running back. And, you know, CEH, there's no knock on him. Uh, I think he has a chance to be a, you know, a top six, top seven running back. Um, I just like the upside of JT, JT Moore. And, you know, JT gets a lot of grief as far as the offensive line he played with. A lot of people act like he's a product of that. Um, teams knew that, that they were going to run. They knew that they were going to run often, and they still couldn't stop him. It's not like they, that was a team that was lightening up in the passing game. Defense were selling out to stop the run, and they couldn't. Jonathan Taylor had... I think three straight years of 2000 yards, 2000 yard rushing. That's insane. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's got a fumbling issue. So what? I see a lot of AP and in, in Jonathan Taylor. AP had the same type stuff, but you deal with it because a lot of times he, you know, he, he takes these, these touches to the house and he does it on a, on a frequent basis. Um, yeah. I love JT. I love the pick Bobby. Yep. That would have been my pick as well in our RSO league because I do think I do like Taylor, the prospect just a smidge more than CEH. And obviously I'm a Homer. So I want to have that player on my roster if I'm in that one-on-one spot. So um, I think we all feel that CEH is going to have a great rookie season as well. I'd say in um, redraft leagues, do you all think that CEH or JT will be the first rookie running back off the board? Oh, CEH is going to go really high this year. I mean, I think you might see CEH in the second round probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's hard to not take the guy that's linked to Patrick Mahomes for the foreseeable future. That's the hard part of that, you know, decision. Um, And I don't believe what's already coming out of, you know, the Chiefs camp and that he's going to compete you know, and, and Damian Williams is going to start the season like freaking it's May, you know, and I also don't believe the other side in that, you know, JT and, and Marlon Mack are going to split carries like I, it's still too early to tell any of that. Nobody's seen any game tape or any training camp with, you know, Jonathan Taylor running, you know, anywhere in Indianapolis. So let's just let's just pump the brakes, Twitter, just calm down a little bit. But both those dudes are going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for I'm sure. At, and I imagine, you know. Both Damian Williams and Marlon Mack get a lot of run to start the year. Mm-hmm. But once, you know, I think once Jonathan Taylor shows what he's about, I think that they're going to have to just keep him on the field more. Yeah. Um, but don't y'all think, too, that like this is one of the biggest questions that I've seen on Twitter for the last like week? Like, I've got the 101 or the 102 or the 103. Like, who do I take here? And some of them are super flex. So you have to take that into consideration. But so many people had a hard time with this decision of JT or CEH or really, I mean, some people really threw JK Dobbins into that mix yeah. as well. And what makes it even trickier too, is like a league like Adams where you've got a super flex and you've got to throw a, you know, a Joe Burrow into that. I think Burrow's going to be like transcendent. I think he's really going to be really good, but it does make it hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that super flex league that the unreal tournament, I got JT at one Oh four. So, you know, there's, but, you know, in non-super flex, there's not many better picks in that 102 this year. 
Just mm-hmm. it's you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's JT. It's JT or CEH. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I no longer and, call players by their names. It's just yeah, it's, it's just their nicknames. Yeah, or the or their initials acronym. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of initials here, we have uh, Bobby at the 103. You took J.K. Dobbins. So why go with J.K. here? You had your pick of the rest of the board, aside from CEH, uh, who went to Sam at 102. So why'd you go J.K. Dobbins at three? Um, Kind of the same reason that I passed on, um, uh, or same reason that I went with J.T. as well. You know, you look at um, what Dobbins really ran in the in college was that RPO at Ohio State, which is what I think you're going to see a lot of what Lamar and uh, Dobbins run together while they're out there. I think the shelf life for Mark Ingram is going to be a lot less than, you know, what a lot of the Mark Ingram owners probably hope that it is. But, dude, what a scary offense they've created there in Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. Um Man, that that one two three is really nice. You got you know J T C E H, and then you got J K D. You know, just unreal. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll talk about Bobby's third pick, C D. C D. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get that in, but no, truly, I love J K Dobbins. Um, he is gonna he's gonna eat, and we all know maybe not this year. Mark Ingram's still around, but yeah, next year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's if, if we look back and, and we all wish it uh, or people that had the one on one wish that they took either Thomas uh, or Taylor or Dobbins. Yeah. 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 I, think, I don't think it's go for it, Joshy. I was going to say, I like uh, the running back that is attached to the most prolific rushing attack in the league. You know, you talk about what do the Ravens want to do? They want to run the ball um, and try to get multiple thousand yard rushers, whether it's Lamar, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, They just want to just pound you with the rock. And I think I wouldn't blame anyone who went J.K. Dobbins at one. Um, I like the other two guys a little bit better and would probably go with one of them. But if, you know, like if Nico had the 101 and went J.K. Dobbins in our league, I don't think anyone would blame him. Um, And and I wouldn't just say, oh, that's a homer pick. I get it. Like you talk about tethering yourself to Patrick Mahomes being attached to Lamar Jackson's probably the second best option. And it's a very close one A, one B situation. Yeah, you have, you know, the story come out where you actually message the freaking, not only the, you know, Super Bowl MVP, but also wasn't he the MVP of the league last year? Maybe two years ago. Lamar Lamar was last year. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Yeah, he was MVP two years ago. So you have him text Andy Reid, I want Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that's who the team drafts with the, you know, last pick in the first round. I mean... You know, and then Andy Reid comps into Brian Westbrook, who was freaking unbelievable in the early, you know, two thousands. Um, so sure, honestly, you could have gone, you could have gone a ton of these guys in the first round with the first pick, and nobody. I mean, you're gonna hear some grumbling and what people would have done, but nobody freaking knows. It's it's April, you know, May, whenever. Whatever month this is, what, one of these one of these receivers could, <laughs> yeah, one of these receivers could easily have the longest career out of out of Absolutely. the group. You know, like C, CD or or Judy both could have fifteen year careers where they're just ballers. So, and that's the that's a decision that you know Josh would really like to probably have that conversation too. Of 
you know, in a in a league like RSO, you do have these, you know, these CMCs, which is a perfect example because you know Ben was able to get McCaffrey at a decent deal. You know, McCaffrey's probably like seven or eight million dollars for the first four years, and now the Panthers have re-upped with CMC, which is a perfect scenario. There's no holdout. He's not switching teams. He's just going to be staying there. So that's an easy extension. But, I mean, you're right, Adam. You know, a bunch of these receivers, like their contracts through RSO will get up there quite a bit higher. But, I mean, they've got eight to ten years in the league easy. Whereas some of these running backs, you know, five and six years in, they're just they're worn down. Yep. Yeah, that's why I said in it. Like a traditional dynasty league without the contract element, if I was at the 101, CeeDee Lamb would have been my pick because I think he's going to be the next guy for – 10 to 12 years. So that's the guy I want. And I think it's also crucial to, you know, know your draft room and know your league and know the tendencies mm-hmm. of the guys you're drafting around. And it's important. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it may be tough to take CD as at the one one if you, if you only have one first, but if you have multiple firsts and you know that you can kind of, you know, if you follow ADP and you do your research around this time of year, you can have a good idea of where guys are going to go. And, uh, you know, you just want to position yourself, uh, in the draft to, to get those guys and CD is a guy that you can actually wait on. I mean, God, Bobby, didn't you get him at like the two Oh one in, in the your league unreal tournament? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you never know. I mean, some people are scared off by him being there with the other two receivers, but I think he's going to show out and, and like you have said in the past, you know, be the, the main target. I agree. I think, you know, the ballers were talking today about Blake Jarwin and about how good he's going to be this year and he'll be fine. But, dude, you're about to put C.D. in the slot with Amari and Gallup on the outside. Like, dude, C.D. could have an awesome year this year. Let's not act like C.D. is, like, several years out. You know, really even the same for Judy. Like, it's not like Judy is the lone, you know, receiver there. I mean, they've got other Noah Fants and Cortland Sutton who are going to have, you know, the number one corner or the number one linebackers on them. Like, dude, Judy's going to be open a ton as well. It's not going to be like Drew Locke has to be awesome in order to find Judy. I mean, Judy's the best route runner to come out of college in a long time since uh, since your boy Odell, Adam. That's right. And they also got KJ (laughs) Hamler to deal with now, too. That's uh, That's right. Yeah. And the existing guys there as well. Deshaun Hamilton's still there. So that's a nice offense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about maybe the surprise of the first round, at least through the first few picks. And that Jerry Judy goes over CeeDee Lamb uh, at uh, the 104. And then CeeDee goes to you, Bobby, at the 105. Were you surprised at all that Sam went with Judy there over CeeDee Lamb at the 104? No, I mean, over the last year, Sam has kind of subtly hinted at, like, you're probably taking Judy, right? And I'm like, I think Sam likes Judy. Like, I'm pretty sure he's going to take him first. So, I mean, honestly, I didn't care either way. CD was my wide receiver one, but Judy was wide receiver 1A. You know, they're both in the same boat together. They're both going to be really good. Yeah. Markham, do you worry at all about the unknown factor with Drew Locke? I mean, I think some people are higher on Locke than others, but what if he's a bust and then we lose, you know, Jerry Judy's upside for a year or two while they scramble to find a quarterback? Does that worry you at all? Not really. I mean, uh, for one, I think Drew Locke is decent, but if if he's not, I I expect Elway to uh, reach out to one of these veteran quarterbacks, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers. That would be a nice little fit there for him if he's if he's annoyed in Green Bay. So um we've seen Elway do that, try that stuff in the past with Manning and um Flacco. Uh doesn't always work out, but 
you know, you get Aaron Rodgers in there with that talent around him, arguably the the most talent he would have ever have in his career. Um, yeah, I mean, they're you know they're quarterback away. They got they've always got a, a pretty competitive defense, and that offense now is is right up there among the best in the league. Yeah, it all depends on Drew Locke, and that's another reason too. Like. I don't think Dak's the best quarterback in the league, but I do have more confidence in him than Drew Locke. And I think, I mean, I was thinking about it today. We have a Cowboys fan in our league, Aaron, and I was thinking, man, if Mike McCarthy actually is like halfway decent coach and this defense isn't like bottom, bottom five type of defense, um, which I don't think they'll be great, but I don't think they'll be that bad. If they can just be average, this team is going to win a lot of games, man. That offense is filthy <laughs> yeah agree that's that's kind of what i've i've come around to the last few days they're gonna be i think easily the best team in the division and they should be they should be up there contending uh i know the the, the nfc has gotten a lot more loaded this year but you have to imagine that they're a top four top five team in the nfc and but that's a big deal because the nfc is 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 very nice but you know, great pick by Jerry Jones. Like, freaking go get the best player available. Because after CD, it was a pretty big drop-off, you know, behind him. I mean, sure, you're still able to get elite talent. But, I mean, like, you know, A, piss off the Philadelphia Eagles. And, B, now you've got a freaking unbelievable receiving core. Yeah. So, you know, as many... You know, as much as people really want to knock that pick, I thought it was great. No, we and we even talked about that in one of the episodes that, uh, you know, that's kind of a luxury pick for them. And that's and they, you know, that they kind of proved that, yeah, that's kind of how they thought about it, too. They were just going to take, you know, if someone fell like that, they were going to just take best player available. And uh, yeah, who cares? Who cares if you got Gallup and you already got Amari? Get get this kid who has a, a chance to be really special. Yeah, stack your strengths, and it's, I don't know, I think this this could be a really good Dallas team. I'm excited to watch them, um, and yeah, it just makes all the sense in the world to go get the best player available. I heard it described very well that after, if you watch the first round of the NFL draft, after CeeDee Lamb, that was kind of the end of like the marquee rookie players. From then on out, it was like, yeah, these are talented guys. Uh, but the first like 16 or so picks were really star studded. That's where you saw a lot of these like big name rookies go. So um, he was the last one kind of sitting there available as far as like first round uh, talent. So I love the Cowboys taking it, but let's look here at, um, I don't know if you'd call it a surprising pick. We were debating uh, whether Chase Young would sneak into the first round of rookie drafts, and we see him go here at the 106. So, Bobby, this was uh, another pick by Sam. You all kind of alternated one, two, three, four, five, six, up through seven. Uh, you all just kind of alternated picks. So, did you expect to have a shot at Chase Young at seven, or uh, were you expecting Sam to go with the uh, defensive end out of Washington there? Uh, Chase Young was my lock at seven. I was definitely going to draft Chase Young. I saw Chase Young as being the drop-off like the CeeDee Lamb in the first round of the actual NFL draft. You know, I'm fine with my 107 pick. I think he's great. But this league is so beneficial to have a number one defensive end in a Nick Bosa, a Daniil Hunter, a Josh Allen, 
you know, a um, you know, a bunch of these top tier guys, uh, Cameron Jordan. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, there, there's there's probably five to eight guys that you really want to have, and uh, you know, just go ahead and add Chase Young to the mix now. A Joey Bosa. Um, that was a brilliant move by Sam. I didn't think he would do that. Um, but as far as like concrete draft picks, I mean, that's freaking as solid as they come. Yep. We've talked about it over and over. That's someone that's going to just retain his value and, uh, immediately be a top five defensive end. I mean, he, he's, that's what he is already in dynasty. Um, and that 16 team, uh, startup I'm doing, I, I took him and it, it was, uh, I think he was like the fourth or fifth top defensive end off the board, but I think people were a little upset cause you know, they would have, you can talk yourself into taking, taking him as D and one, you know, I mean, he's going to be that good and he's, and he's going to be good immediately. And it's going to be for a long time. He's joining a great defensive line. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he's gonna be he's gonna be awesome. I love that pick right there. And that's a big key to it too, Adam, is that he's joining a good line. So he's not always gonna be double and triple team. Like uh, you know, you're gonna have to scheme around all of those guys. It's not like he's the lone the lone wolf there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we heard it said. I think it was maybe Joey said that Chase Young is better than Nick Bosa, and Nick Bosa on an equally good defensive line. If Chase Young is better then we should expect even more production from Chase Young than we saw from Nick Bosa last year. And I think Nick Bosa finished as like DN4 in our league. Um, So yeah, I think top five is in the range of outcomes. And I would not want to bet against Chase Young. I think he's a special player. So, And that's a good analysis too, Josh. I mean, you could almost compare the 2019 San Francisco line to the 2020 Redskins line, you know, it might not have the same name appeal, but like, I mean, dude, Chase Young, I think is a, I think he's probably not as intelligent. I think Bosa is like a really smart lineman, but I think he's a, like, I think he's more of a freak athlete than Bosa is. Dude, he could, he could, you're, you're, I mean, we're, we're, I guess this is just me now coming to the realization that like Chase Young could literally be the DN one at the end of the year. Like that's a very real possibility. Should have been, should have been your one Oh one. Should have gone higher. As we saw. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons, your baby uh, slipped, <laughs> slipped from your clutches. We'll get to that, but let's talk about the next pick that you had here. Bobo, mm-hmm. you said that you liked the pick. You went Justin Jefferson at the one Oh seven. So what did you like about the Minnesota wide receiver? I just like the setup, you know, Justin Jefferson, I think he led the SEC or maybe all of college last year with receptions. He had like 110 receptions last year, um, played the slot a lot. Um, he did have a really accurate quarterback in Joe Burrow, so there is that as well. But um, you're pairing him with Kirk Cousins, who just feeds these dudes like Diggs and Thielen just, you know, time and time again. Um I mean, is it the most solid of picks? No, um, but I feel like the upside for Jefferson is definitely there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Jefferson. Um, I do worry about volume. You know, we saw it last year with Diggs, even with Thielen being banged up a good portion of the year. Diggs, I think, only got like ninety-four targets in fifteen games. So that's that's you're going to need more more than that. Um, you know, based on where he's going in drafts, but uh, 
but yeah, I do like him. I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know that Thielen's gonna. I don't know how, you know, how much longer he's gonna be playing at an elite level. Um, and I think Jefferson plays better out of the slot, which is kind of what Thielen already mans. Um, so we'll see how that how that works out. Um, but they have a lot of really good receivers, you know, at those intermediate, you know, um, routes on that team. So I'm excited for that Minnesota offense for sure. Yeah, I like the pick. The next one is one that um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on. I do like uh, at the 108 here, we see T Higgins going. I do like the idea that this is the number one target for Joe Burrow uh, in the future. You know, if AJ Green is still there, I'm sure he's probably the number one target uh, on the team. But um, I do feel like I would have rather have had the guy that went at 109, which is crazy that this guy lasted as long as he did. DeAndre Swift going at the 109. I think I would have rather have had DeAndre Swift there. What about you? Bobo? Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah. In hindsight, I do, I guess, value-wise, probably wish I would have grabbed one of these running backs. Um, but we'll, I'll talk about my frustration with Swift here in a minute. But I've kind of come up on Higgins since the draft. I really kind of like that pick. Um, going back and looking through some of Higgins tape, dude, he, he wins the ball downfield, like 50, 50 balls. He wins a lot of time and you're, and we've talked about Burrow and, and dude, I really think that Higgins, I think he, it's probably a little bit of a reach, but I don't think it's as far of a reach as people probably want to make it out to be. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if we look at Higgins as one of the one or two top receivers in this class at some point. Um, but I don't think it was a great pick because I think if you would have studied ADP and everything the last few weeks, I think you could see that you can get T Higgins mid second for the most part. I don't, I haven't seen him go. In fact, I got him at like two eleven in a league, uh, which I'm I wow. was thrilled with. Um, but I think you, this guy also had pick two Oh three. I think he could have gotten Higgins there at two Oh three. I agree. Uh, um, so I don't like the pick in that, since just because I think you could have got someone better. You could have done the DeAndre Swift there at 108, and then you could have got T. Higgins at 203. I like that pairing a lot better. Um, I don't remember who even he he even got at 203. But uh, Brandon Brandon Ayuk, yeah. Yes, I like DeAndre Swift and T. Higgins a million times more than that. So I think you you could have gotten better value with that pick. That's all. That's the only uh gripe I have. Yeah, good player, just not a great pick. And that's that's not to say that you are wrong for wanting T Higgins, but yeah, you could have probably grabbed him at two oh three. Um, so rounding out the first round here, we had Henry Ruggs the third uh, going back to back. The uh, DeAndre Swift owner took Ruggs, and then we had Cam Akers at the one eleven and Isaiah Simmons at the one twelve. So, fellas, would you all have uh, kind of? Talking about pairings here, Zach had the 109 and the 110, went Swift and Ruggs. Would you all have gone maybe Swift and Acres or done another pick there at the 110? I don't know. I haven't heard Ruggs talked about a whole lot in a fantasy context, so I'm curious if you all would have made uh, – Addy, would you have made a different move there at 110? Yeah, I think so. I would have had to go with the running backs. I mean, in, in my opinion – the running backs probably should go, you know, all what the the big five, I guess. 
should should probably be you know five of the first seven picks. Um, but you know that's how these things go. That's you know that that's what's fun about. You know, this isn't uh, this is a sharp league, but there's going to be people that have certain team team needs, and they're going to, you know, draft to those team needs because a lot of people are are pieces away, and they just need guys to contribute, and it's hard to find guys, and and sometimes you have to build through these drafts now, these rookie drafts, as opposed to uh, free agency and or auctions. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's worth noting. That's a great point that this is not a startup rookie draft. This is an established league that's been around. This is our fifth rookie draft. And so a lot of the picks you're seeing here are picks for need. Um, not yes. necessarily these guys may not go. These guys, I'm sure, would not go in the same order if this was a startup year one rookie draft. So something to keep in mind as well. I'm sure Zach looked at his roster and said, I really need a running back and a wide receiver. So let me go with these two guys here. Uh, Bobo, what do you think about the Cam Akers pick um, as a Rams fan? It's funny that the guy who owns Daryl Henderson, Ben, in our league, also now has Cam Akers, which is great because all of the hype posts that he posts for Akers now cancel out all of the hype that he had for Daryl Henderson. So it's kind of a win-win for us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He has since asked about Malcolm Brown, and uh, I will happily ship off Malcolm Brown and let him just figure that out from (laughs) one week to the next, which one he's going to start. So I don't I don't know. That was why I passed on Akers. I don't want that frustration. If he goes off and he turns out to be the next Todd Gurley, congratulations, Ben. I'll let you figure that out in 2020, though. I just I'm over the L.A. headache for a while. I'm just kind of, you know, last year really bit me pretty hard. That's going to eat you alive, Bobby. You know it. Not at all, Adam. I've been sleeping great, buddy. Bobby has still has PTSD from the 2018 season when he went in to the playoffs riding high because the Rams were doing so well. And then they just completely crapped the bed near the end of the season. I think, Bobby, did you get bounced first round that year from the playoffs? Absolutely. Uh, with, yeah. It's when so. they played. Uh, it was the year they played the Bears, like week 11 or 12, and just got freaking beat up in Chicago. And ever after that, they looked horrible. I can't remember who they played that first round, but yeah. Thanks for bringing that back up again, Josh. I think legitimately we we start 22, and I think like nine or ten of your guys were from the Rams at, at that season. Dude, I was great that year. I had a really good squad that year, but it just goes to show you when you put all your eggs in one basket, that basket might decide to sink one day. <laughs> the bottom may just fall out and all them eggs may be cracking on the sidewalk. I don't know. As far as, you know, people wised up a little bit in this draft. I think this was a perfect opportunity if we had had more time to trade back, if you were in the back end of the first um, and maybe get like a couple early seconds. Um, the DeAndre Swift pick, maybe I should have gone him there at seven, but you could even maybe argue that he might be a question mark. I'm not sold that Kenny got uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, that Carryon Johnson is done. Even Bo Scarborough, like freaking Patricia, might decide to run him a little bit too. So I don't know. Swift and Acres may go off and be the best running backs in 2020. I just I didn't want to have to deal with it right now. 
Yeah, it worries me with Patricia coming from New England where nobody really ever truly wants a New England running back situation because it's kind of a mess up there. I mean, I think Brandon Bolden was like in the mix heavily last year for the Pats. Like it's just like whoever Bill is, you know, brings Belichick his coffee. I think that week is the guy that gets the start. So, Eddie, did you think this was a reach for rugs? Um, he went what one one ten one ten. Um, yes, I do. Uh, Are you a rugs guy? Um, I mean, nobody in, knows. In nobody the, knows whether they like rugs or not right now. I am in the right in the certain you know in in the right situation. Like if he if he falls to like the mid second, which he yeah. he's done for me, I'll take yeah. him there. Um, just because you know it's the draft capital. You know, he was the first he was the first wide receiver taken. I do think he's going to be really good. Um, it just seems like everybody is like, ah, rugs. I don't know. But Bowden and Edwards, they're going to be really good. But you're like, yeah, they're freaking there's a first wide receiver off the board. Like yeah. rugs is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. That's what I think clouds it for me is the landing spot. Because, yeah, the draft capital's there. But, man, that wide receiver room is like, the, we have no idea. Like, Tyrell Williams, is he like the third or fourth wide receiver on this team now? Like, they've completely made over that wide receiver room. So that's the big hesitation for me is, you know, how is that target share going to split out? Because, you know, Derek Hart, not really known for taking shots downfield. That's the other thing, too. Here's you know, a good Ruggs, little th- here's a good Ruggs little is a speed too. guy. Yeah, and you know I'm kind of glad that they didn't take a quarterback behind Carr. Um, we're gonna find out, I guess, if this is Carr's last year to actually be a starting quarterback or not. But what about if Cam went out there and was the backup behind Carr? That could that could work out. Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't know. We never seen Carr have these type of weapons. I do. Uh, I do also think that it's not the worst thing for Ruggs because you know Ruggs is also one of the receivers that can just take off, take a little um, screen and just take it to the house. And and we know that Card likes checking it down or throwing these you know, short throws. Um, so that could work out there. Uh, I, I think we'll see Ruggs have a lot of those big splash weeks, similar to like Marquise Brown last year. Well, you know he'll just he'll have those weeks where he just whoa he went off for thirty five points this week, and then the next he goes for. Six, seven. Yeah, I mean, if he's like Tyreek Hill light, very interested in that. He'd be a great best ball uh, draft pick, you know, because you get these 35-point weeks, and then if he craps the bed and gets five or six points, he's not going to kill you because he's not in your starting lineup. Uh, Raheem Mostert is the Amari Cooper (laughs) of running backs. Careful, Bob. Golly, that got me some flack today. But that that reminded me of that. It's just like the up and down of both of their freaking points from one week to the next. And Amari was that way. And I think he might be that way again this year. But anyways, let's get to the worst pick in the first round with the 112. uh, Fear the Reaper selects Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of the University of Clemson. Uh, Trash pick, way too early. Um, Hate everything about this with the people that were still on the the board. So what did you guys think? Yeah, so Adam, uh, objectively speaking, as someone who is not going to take Simmons at the 201, how did you feel about Simmons going at 112? I did honestly kind of feel the same way. I thought it was a little early with some of the talent that was still there on the board. I mean, as we've discussed, Simmons isn't my linebacker one. It's Patrick Queen. Um, 
So yeah, that's too early for me right there. Um, I would have, if I were him, I would have taken Rager or uh, Bobby. Who'd you get at two hundred one? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. That's nice. I think I took Keyshawn Vaughn um, mm-hmm. at the two hundred two. Yep. There's still some nice talent there. Uh, even my, even Michael Pittman. That's somebody I, I probably would have taken over as Isaiah Simmons. Um, I almost took Pittman at the 107. I was really, really close, which sounds so stupid now, wow. knowing what happened. But I like him a lot. Yeah, I do too, man. Um, but yeah, I I'm mean, more, I like Simmons, but I don't know that I would have taken him there at, at you know end of the first. I'm worried Simmons is going to be a safety. I don't. I, I'm not really believing what's coming out of Arizona right now. I think he might play a safety. And they play Jordan Hicks and Devondre Campbell as their linebackers this year. And then they'll run Simmons and Buddha, which sounds awesome. It sucks for Buddha's value, but like then purchasing Simmons with the 112, you're paying him a ton in RSO. And essentially you're buying a safety in the first round of a rookie draft. And not only that, but you're having to get a safety's play in a linebacker spot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's still up in the air, but I would have drafted Simmons with the 201. I mean, just Homer-wise, I would have had to. <laughs> I wouldn't have felt comfortable about it, but I wouldn't have been able to come on this podcast again if, if yeah. I had let him fall mm-hmm. past that. Bobby is hoping that Jim's out there listening, the guy that took Simmons, because he's he's trying to drive down his value right now. We This is, so, a, this is a classic Bobby move right here. Yes, it's so, mind games. And Jim's definitely not listening, but I'll <laughs> tell true. you what was... I'll That's tell true. You what was no, I'm good. I'll tell you what was floated this week, and I I'll, I won't do this in hindsight, but I even floated uh, Derwin's name this week, and then I thought, Bobby, shut up, take that, put take that back, put him back in your lineup. Yeah. It's just not good. It's not good. Don't reach for Simmons right now, especially in an unreal tournament. Don't trade Todd Davis a first and a third for him. That's nah, a terrible move. Go get your guys. Yeah, oh, seriously, no, that's it's fine. A, Bobby. Let's talk about that. So Bobby made a big trade in unreal tournament. He, yeah, he uh, he knew that he was probably never going to get his this guy here in RSO. So you went out and you, never, you, never, you paid up for him. I did. I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. I mean, you've got a bunch of sharks in there. I needed a linebacker. I'm fine to give my next. It's it's essentially like I took Isaiah Simmons this year and yeah. I gave him Todd Davis in a third. It's fine. It's yeah. That, it's a fine deal for both. That's teams. not that big big a deal. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful part about being in multiple leagues. Like we've talked about is that you can kind of have fun. Like yep. I, that's the way I look at unreal tournament. This is a league where I can kind of, I can send off uh two first and two seconds for Joe Burrow. Why not? Let's just see what happens. Let's have some fun. And uh, Addy, I got to thinking about the Cardinals today, actually, uh, as I was driving back from um, y'all, y'all ever been up to Nolan Lake before? It's very nice. Oh, that's God's country, brother. I, I love that area. That's we go on. Ah, oh, it's country. Yeah, we go on that beautiful. golf trip every year up there. Shady Hollow, shout out. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's where that is. Yeah. So yeah. we went up there hiking today. It was beautiful, and I was driving back, and I got to thinking about your tweet about loving Christian Kirksey this year in Green Bay, and I got to thinking. He is the Jordan Hicks of 2020. Dude, I had that same exact thought. The same thing. You're exactly right. He is he's it. It's obvious. 
Yes, injured guy, new situation, tons of potential, post-type sleeper, uh, not a whole lot of competition for tackles. Like, he should be so good if he can stay healthy. And we always said that about Jordan Hicks, and then he was the only linebacker that played 100% of snaps That's in it. the NFL. That's all it is. He just has to stay healthy, and he's going to be a top-10 linebacker. Yes. I mean, Hicks was linebacker one. Yeah. And if you you probably could have gotten Hicks as like your linebacker four in your draft or your auction. So, yeah. no, don't go take Kirksey as your linebacker one and pay up for this guy. Go grab him as your linebacker three or four. Yes. Because if he stays healthy, I think he could be this year's Jordan Hicks. I totally agree. The time to target uh, time to target him is around that linebacker 20 to 25 range and maybe even move up a few rounds to really make sure you get your guy because people are going to be hip to him, you know, because uh, truly he just has to stay healthy. That's it. He has the perfect situation. Great talent. I had him last year. Loved him. Uh, he just got hurt. You know, he had the 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 chest injury. So, yeah. And well. and one more thing on Chris uh, on a uh, Kirksey. He's only 27. Like this is this is a guy that I think a lot of us feel like oh he's like 30 31. No, he's still only 27. So he's still a young guy. He's still someone that you can target pretty fairly, you know, early in your dynasty drafts. He's he's still pretty young as far as linebackers go. Yeah, so go get you some Kirksey shares. And before we get to the second round, let's talk about the uh trash trade that Josh was trying to uh organize in the the XFFL. So Josh is hounding me all draft day. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my zen. I'm trying to, you know, just remove all, you know, all, uh, uh, you know, things that are going to distract me. I'm just trying to really get in the, the mood of the draft, you know. And Josh is just like, hey, need to Let talk to you about something. Take I'm a grenade crap. and lob it into your zen party. I'm thinking crap, like big P, big three IDP blown up, or you know, is 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 uh, you know, Adam, you know, gone rogue and. <laughs> We haven't seen him in a couple of days. You know, you just never know about Adam. But, you know, so Josh is like, we need to talk about Mahomes. I said, oh, okay, you know, well, what are you thinking? He said, well, you know, the uh, 103 and the 107 sounds pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, 103 and 107. Eh, I don't really know. I probably need another pick back. I, I don't know, blah, 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 back and forth. And, uh, you know, we didn't make the deal. I felt fine about it. Well, during the middle of the first round as I'm drafting, you know, and we're over freaking Zoom, Josh tries to throw me off during my picks, mind you, uh, that he had a little another trade orchestrated where he was going to be sending the 107 and the two something for, 206. Uh, for Kyler Murray. So oh. not only was he going to get JK, but he was going to get Kyler too, guys. I don't want you all to think Josh is a nice guy because he's not. No, don't what kind of heart he has, Adam. Got a real bad heart. If I could have finessed that double trade, that would have been an all-timer right there. I'm no, sad it didn't let... work out. I mean, at the consolation prizes, Mahomes, and as we'll see, Denzel Mims. So I'm cool with it. But I did not think Sam was going to agree to that trade in the first place. Um, so the fact that I got that one, I was like, oh, yeah, let's see if Bobby will go for it. You didn't. I don't blame you. I like the draft haul that you got, especially getting Burrow at the 201. But, yeah, I was, hey, I was doing some Machiavellian hey. maneuvering on draft day. Let me let you boys in on a little secret. Me and old Sam were on the golf course. <laughs> I knew about the deal the whole time, boys. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say, I had another deal with Sam to take the 107 and the 206 <laughs> off his hands. Yeah, yeah. there's like six trades yeah. that were lined up. <laughs> it, was just, it was just spider webbed. All the dominoes were about to fall. So, all right, boys, let's look at this second round so we can, uh, you know, get in bed before 1 a.m. Uh, so we had uh, the aforementioned Joe Burrow at 201. Addy went Keyshawn Vaughn at the Ooh. 202. And then uh, Brandon Ayuk at 203. Jalen Rager, Tua Tungavailoa. Denzel Mims, your boy, uh, took him at 206. And uh, Patrick Queen, Darian Evans at 208. Michael Pittman Jr., Willie Gay Jr. Oh, a couple of juniors back-to-back there at uh, 209 and 210. Uh, AJ Epinesa, or Esposito, as Adams likes to say, at the 211. <laughs> and LaVisca Chenault at 212. So, uh, Bobby, you got your guy here, Joe Burrow. I thought you were going to go Burrow at 107, so I'm sure you were thrilled to be able to get him not taken by the Bengals fan at 109 or 110 and have him land here in your lap at 201. I had to do a little line, Josh. I had too many people in my DMs asking, hey, you want to mock? Let's mock. Sure, let's mock. You know, where are you thinking you're going to take Burrow? I probably 105, maybe 107 if he falls. I wasn't taking Joe Burrow at the 107. Come on, guys. Um, I would have put a lot of money down that Joe Burrow would have not lasted past the 109 and the 110. And I thought um, that's why you would take him at 107 was because I would have bet all the money I had that Zach was taking Burrow as a Bengals fan at 109 or 110. Yeah, I would have also bet a lot of money that Chase Young would have still been on the board at 107. So little do we know, none of this actually came to fruition. But um, I was going to let him take Burrow at 109 or 110, and then I was going to go buy Deshaun Watson for half the price. Um, but, you know... Nothing ever works out the way you're planning for it to. So I'm fine with Burrow there at 201. I really needed a quarterback, so it works out. Yeah, I love it. We've talked a lot about Burrow. I think he's going to have a phenomenal career. I think he'll be a fun rookie season. Um, Addy, I want to talk about your pick here at 202. Keyshawn Vaughn uh, was just a beautiful pick at 202. The fact that this guy was still there and uh, who knows what the future looks like after Tom Brady's out of town, but man, talk about an offense that we want some pieces of to get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back that Arians has been talking about all off season is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I mean, this is a, uh, you know, keep in mind, this is a team that my only running backs are Alvin Kamara, Matt Breida, Carry on Johnson, uh, and now um, Keyshawn Vaughn. So yeah, I mean, I I am thrilled to have him. I, I don't understand why Vaughn doesn't get as much credit um, for for the fact that he was facing SEC defenses every week and he was absolutely balling against them. Um, you know, because he went to Vandy. He went to Vandy, right? And that's a place that also had a, a shitty offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the guy that the offense ran through every single week and every single week he, he pretty much performed. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, that was kind of the theme of all my rookie drafts this year. I actually have a lot of Keyshawn Vaughn, but that's, you know, the way I build my teams, I usually am going to be pretty light on the running backs. And so yeah. being able to get Keyshawn Vaughn in this, in the, in the early second round has just been, just such a blessing. 
Such, a, such a blessing. You are hashtag team blessed for sure. Did you for have sure. a hard time with it at all? It, did you think was, about Rager? Of course. Of course I did. So, yeah, that's a great point, Bobby, because uh, it also will give me a chance to list my wide receivers. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so that's a Thanks, tough, Bobby. That Thanks for this. very tough decision. So uh, Rager, obviously, this is a guy that's, that's going usually ahead of Keyshawn in most drafts. But I have a wide receiver room of Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, Julio Jones, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Preston Williams, Jay Jaw. There's others. There's others. Dante Pettis. Dante you have, Pettis. You, <laughs> you have twelve wide receivers. You have the maximum, I think. <laughs> yeah, I got. I'm gonna have to make a Keyson. Uh, you're getting cut. <laughs> Yeah, Keyson. <laughs> also, pink-haired baby. Are you just gonna like keep like IRing him so you can keep him around? Of course, he's got pink hair, Josh. <laughs> His drip factor is insane. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, so uh, that, that was the decision. Like, you know, I would have loved to have had Rager. That's a major value there at, at two hundred three. But as far as my team goes, I gotta have a running back, and I couldn't pass that up. Yeah. Uh, well, the part about Jalen Rager, he goes 204 after Brandon Ayuk at 203. Yeah, he so. should have gone 203, I think. I mean, I like Ayuk. I just I just worry that uh, I still think Debo is going to be the alpha there. Um, and Shanahan, I mean, you never know week to week what the game plan is going to be. I don't think he's ever going to lean towards the, you know, the passing game or, or anything like that. Um, and also, I worry about Jimmy, uh, Jimmy G, you know. Is that dude even good? We'll see. Will Shanahan let him throw more than five yards down the field this season? I, I think know. that's the big question that I want to see answered. I mean, Shanahan knows him. You know, maybe there's a reason why he doesn't like throwing down the field. That's true. So, yeah, Jalen Rager goes there at 204. The surprising pick for me here was Tua at the 205. I'm just. Maybe it was just such a value pick that Zach couldn't pass it up there at 205, but he has Deshaun Watson. So the argument for, well, I'm not going to take Burrow at 109 or 110, although I'm a Bengals fan and this is the possibly the best Bengals quarterback of all time uh, because I have Deshaun Watson. Well, I don't know why that 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 argument doesn't hold true when you're at the 205. Well, um, he, clearly he was shook. I mean that that demon was shook, you know. So he 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 uh, he didn't think that he was gonna you know leave this draft without Burrow, and he did. He did. He thought he could get cute. He thought he might last at two hundred five. No, no. Sorry, you, demon. You think Zach? You think Zach thought he could get Burrow at two hundred five? I think so, man. I mean, with the with the offensive talent that's there, um, I don't know. People weren't really hyping Burrow that much. What then I would have done is I would have tried to get Tua probably because he had the 301. So I would have sat on Tua because I don't think he's going to go in the second there and get a Mims or a Michael Pittman or a freaking Visca and then get Tua with your third round pick. It's not bad, but he's got Watson and Jimmy G. So you don't have a huge need there at quarterback, but his team's stacked anyways. But why not just stack it with another wide receiver? But yep. anyways, yeah. Let's get to the sixth pick in the second round. Hey, the, my uh, only pick. 
the most interesting pick for me in the draft uh, was Denzel Mims to the Houston Roughnecks. Josh, give us your uh, what was going through your head there on Zoom while everybody was talking amidst your uh, amidst your pick. Amidst my pick, yeah, I mean for me it was between Michael Pittman and Denzel Mims. Um, the Homer in me wanted to go Pittman, but the the reason I went Mims was because a I like him as a prospect just a smidge better, and I think he has a chance to be the one in New York, where as long as T.Y. Hilton is there, I don't think Pittman can be the one. So, um, yeah, and obviously uh, now looking back, we've had Quincy Anunwa going to the pup list, so his season's over. And um, so it, it 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 makes me feel better about the Mim shares. Obviously, Pittman's in a better offense than the Jets offense. Uh, I like the Colts offense a lot better this year, but just long-term outlook. I like his potential as the number one wide receiver there with uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate it. I mean, we could also see the Colts being more of this run heavy type team where they don't, that's, that's what they've said. They want to do. They want to pound the rock. Um, They, they have, I saw the easiest schedule, uh, the schedule just got released today, and the Colts have the easiest schedule. I uh, saw Evan Silva was talking about this, how this is great for them wanting to run the ball because they could potentially be in a lot of games where they're up big and they just need to milk the clock. So, yeah, I think you're going to see a run-heavy uh, Indianapolis offense. I'm excited for the Colts this year. That defense is going to be a lot of fun. And, and then, yeah, this offense is is uh, it's got me excited. Yeah, so I wouldn't have, um, you know, I would have felt fine going Pittman there, but uh, really kind of surprised and excited that uh, Mims lasted 206. I love the pick, Josh. I'm really high on Mims. I think it, you know, from what I can see analyst-wise, they kind of think he needs to polish up a little bit, so it might be a year or so. But talent-wise, I think he's unreal. Like, I think he's a specimen of an athlete. I think he's going to be great. Sam Dartle needs somebody to throw to there, and, uh, you know, Mims could – could do really well in 2020. Yeah, yeah the Jets had a low-key, very good draft, taking Mackay Becton in the first round and then picking up Mims in the second round. You're giving Sam Darnold what he needs. I think you're going to have to get rid of uh, of Adam Gase. Um, it was We've heard it talked about before on other podcasts, but you see all these guys leaving the Adam Gase orbit, like Kenyon Drake, like Ryan Tannehill, like Devontae Parker, who have career years as soon as Gase is out of the picture. So I think Gase is going to have to be gone for Mims's and Darnold's potential to be realized. So it may not be a year one thing, but I think it will definitely be you know year two, year three, year four, where you start to see him take off. Yeah, I low-key wanted the Vikings to take Mims. But there just happened to be these, you know, other receivers there that were higher rated, I guess. And they took uh, Samaje's brother, LeMichael. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they brought in Frank Gore. So, uh, okay. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that that does, because I think um, in our auction now, Lev Bell is really the only running back, the veteran running back of note in our auction, and he's going to be a target of a lot of teams. And I thought, man, that sounds kind of silly, but Frank Gore really hurts Lev Bell's value this year. Definitely. Because um, Gase loves... Frank Gore. Yes. He was he played for Adam Gase in Miami that one year 
and got a ton of work. I think I had him that year as like my fifth or sixth running back. So oh, yeah. he's going to, he's going to get some significant touches. Yep. I would not be surprised if he ends the year with like six, 700 yards rushing. Uh, while we're on the Jets, also, I think you may want to go out and buy Ashton Davis. I think Jamal Adams is going to get traded at some point. Or, or he's a great target late in your drafts. He's going to be, you know, you can get him sixth, seventh round, but he'll be pretty much free. And if Jamal Adams moves on, he's going to step into a huge role. Please yeah. try Jamal Adams. Can we please, for, just... for his sanity and for IDP players everywhere, can we please do this for Jamal? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, this is going to be the year it happens, I think, guys. Because they could get a nice haul. They could get like a first, maybe some more. Yeah. I mean, because he's a transcendent, like generational type talent at the safety position. So let's keep rolling here, boys. Uh, we had our second linebacker go off the board at 207, Patrick Queen. I don't think anybody's upset with that pick there. Uh, you start to see the offensive talent. There's still some nice guys on the board, like a Pittman, uh, like a LaVisca Chenault. Uh, but, uh, Addy, were you, you know, any quibbles with going Patrick Queen there at 207? No, I don't think so. You know, that. I'm sure some of those receivers will pop and uh, you may have some regret at some point, but you know, as far as mid second goes and right now that's a pretty safe pick. That's a guy that's going to be, they uh, Baltimore typically doesn't miss when they target uh, middle linebackers high in the draft. Um, and so I don't think that's going to be an exception with, with uh, queen. I think he's going to have a great year. And like I said earlier, he's my linebacker one. I think, uh, I think Charlie's, theories in the draft um seemed a little chaotic um but now when you look back and within five or six picks of each other he now has the starting linebackers of patrick queen willie gay and jordan brooks so 2020 might be a rough year to get through but as far as like linebackers for the future i think that dude might be set up i don't i think it was probably a reach for where he got them at i think they probably would have been there in the third yes and he had picks in the third but as far as the guys that he grabbed i think that's a great linebacking core to really kind of start your team around yeah i'm okay with the darrington evans pick in hindsight i think he probably gets more play this year than people are really letting on i think henry's gonna run fine but i think they're probably gonna try to Maybe pull the reins back on Derek just a touch. I just don't like not yeah. landing Pittman or Chenault over over Darrington Evans. I mean, you can get Evans in the third round. I mean, and same yeah. thing and things. Same thing with uh, he chose he cho- he chose Esposito again, right? Yeah, in the eleventh pick. That's another guy. You don't have to take that pick there. You 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 know he passed up on Chenault, um, but Brian Edwards, um, like. I would much rather have guys like that there. And, and Zach and Moss or Joshua Kelly. The key to defense is you let the guys fall to you. Like you don't want to, you don't, there's no reason in overdrafting an IDP guy. You want it, you, you, you take the values where you get them, but you, you, it's just hard to take them in the second when they're still really good offensive pieces. I like what he's got built for the future, but man, I worry that he's going to really regret passing on Pittman or Chenault at some point. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Queen, like you said, Addy, was the safe pick there. But then to go Darian Evans over a Pittman or a Chenault, and then to follow that up with Willie Gay, AJ Epinesa, and let LaVisca Chenault fall to you at the 212, you just didn't have, you could have grabbed those guys because Charlie had three picks in the third round. And so I, that was, you could have got, got all those guys in the third round. Dude, and I had. 
I had 212. I had 305. None of those guys were on my, I mean, maybe Willie Gay, at, you know, but no, he, none of those guys were on my radar. I was not planning on, and I didn't, but I was not planning on using any of those picks for IDP. Okay. So he could have got those guys later. I think you, I think you could have maybe, maybe gotten Willie Gay at the 401, Addy. I see you have that pick there. Um, but, he probably goes third round, but yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen uh, one of these wide receivers or running backs there. Um, I like the Patrick Queen pick, but yeah, the other picks there, a little more questionable. Bobby, I'm sure you are thrilled saying that you would have taken Pittman at 107 to now turn around and get him at the 209. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of picks of mine took a minute to make sure I was picking who I wanted, but that was a quick pick. As soon as I saw Pittman was still available, that one didn't last very long. That was a that one was a draft button that went pretty fast. Yeah, Bob, man, he really benefited here in these second and third rounds, as you'll see. You you uh you had me feeling pretty sick the way you come you came out of this draft. I really <laughs> wish I had more second and third round picks. Even when I got into the fourth, I'm thinking, should I trade one of these for like maybe a couple of fifths? Because there was still talent like towards the back end of the Yes, draft. I know, man. Me too. I was I, I wanted more picks in the fourth and fifth. You're right. Yeah. So we mentioned here how the second round wrapped up after Pittman and went Willie Gay Jr., AJ Epinesa, and LaVisca Chenault. Um, so let's jump down now, fellas, boy, to the third. Your boy, Chenault. That's what uh, I want to say. It's pretty cool having Chenault and Debo Samuel. Those dudes remind me a lot of each other. It's going to be pretty fun having those guys together. I know. I think I was I was calling your picks too, Addy. I had you taking Keyshawn, and then when Chenault was there, I was like, "This isn't. This is like a smash button <laughs> draft yeah. pick right here." Yeah, I was happy with uh, with the guys that fell to me for sure. Yeah, so let's go third round here, fellas. At the uh, 301, Calavon Chason, and then A.J. Dillon, Darrell. Is it Darrell Taylor? Have we? Yeah, that's what we're going with. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Brooks, Zach Moss, Joshua Kelly at the 306. Uh, and the words of Addy, Yitor Gross Matos, um, <laughs> also known as Yitor Gross, Gross Matos, uh, Xavier McKinney, Brian Edwards, Devin Duvernay, Kenneth Murray, and then at the 312, Chase Claypool. And I think this might have actually been a trade where uh, Lezus, Dr. Lezus himself, <laughs> traded back into the third to take Chase Claypool, who's listed as a wide receiver in RSO. So, guys, uh, let's start off, I guess, with the 301 there, Calavon Chase on. Uh, still some nice offensive talent left on the board. Um, Addy, if you were picking there, would you have gone Chase on or grabbed one of these running backs? Uh, I mean, me personally, I probably would have taken uh, Zach Moss there, which I ended up getting him. I had the 305. He ends up falling to me there at 305. But, you know, honestly, I'm 301, early third. I'm looking at Brian Edwards, someone that Bobby got at the end of the third. Yeah, Bobby, you just had an absolutely disgusting draft haul. I'm very disappointed in you. Piece um, of trash. Also very jealous. Yeah, I don't think I would have gone Chase on there. Well, that was the the thing we were talking about sort of in the rookie ADP review episode was fade the defense. Like with the exception of like Chase Young and Patrick Queen, let everyone else fall to you. Let the board come to you, so yeah. to speak. It's true, man. You're going to have to, I mean, really, you're going to have to overdraft Isaiah Simmons if you want him. I mean, you still, you still think you're seeing Patrick Queen be the second linebacker off the board for the most parts uh, in these drafts. So, 
Yeah, you're right. I just want the values pretty much. Yeah, so uh, Sam goes uh, A.J. Dillon, the Green Bay running back who's like a Mack truck out there at the 302. And then Charlie goes Darrell Taylor at 303 and then Jordan Brooks. So he's kind of loading up on uh, these sort of like maybe a year or two away defensive guys. I didn't realize until right now that these are actually back-to-back Seattle picks. So... You know, maybe Charlie's playing the long game. This is, these are pieces that he really likes for his team in 2021 and 22. Um, I think I I agree with you, Addy. I would have gone Zach Moss at the 301. Probably would have gone Joshua Kelly over AJ Dillon at 302. What do you think there, Bobby? Uh, what did you just say? I said I probably would have gone Zach Moss at 301 and then Joshua Kelly at 302 as opposed to AJ Dillon. What do you think? And even even post draft, I I Josh Kelly might even have jumped Zach Moss a little bit. But the key is that Zach Moss and Josh Kelly, I think, are both going to have pretty defined roles in 2020. Um, yeah, some real reaches there in the third. Uh, way too much defense there early on. Caleb on Chase on I don't like because in RSO he's a linebacker, you know, and he's an edge guy. It's not really somebody that you draft right there. I mean that I. I'd have taken him in the fourth or the fifth just because of that positional designation. But I like Moss a lot, and I really like Josh Kelly. Yeah, the two nicest picks thus far came at 305 and 306. And it shouldn't be a surprise that Nico, who was talking up Joshua Kelly, ends up taking him there at 306. But that's a very nice value pick. The fact that Moss and Kelly were available there at 305 and 306, some pretty primo value. Yep, and the only reason that's why is because these were these other guys being overdrafted. So, yeah, if you're sitting there with fourth and fifth round picks and you see that stuff happening, you're just... Uh, you know, you're doing the Grinch smile. You're you're licking your chops, Addy. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, talk about the next two picks here. 307, 308. We see uh, Yitor Gross Matos go. And then Xavier McKinney uh, at the 308, which Bobby then allows you to take Brian Edwards and Devin DuVernay. So again, we see these nice offensive pieces sliding to... Um, you know, just falling right in your lap here. We saw it last round with Michael Pittman, and now you pick up another a couple nice wide receivers there in Edwards and Duvernay. Yeah, I loved those picks. Those are two of my favorite picks of the draft. Really, I had the 311, and he was maybe one of my other favorite picks as well. But, you know, anytime you see John Harbaugh, like, get up and, like, scream after a draft pick, you know they're doing something right. You know, and who else do they have outside of Hollywood? They got rid of Hayden Hurst. You know, um, what's his name with the crazy hair? Really, um, Sneed? Yeah, he's not going to hang around forever. So DuVernay could be pretty fun in that offense. And then Brian Edwards could be the wide receiver one on that team. I really like Brian Edwards the more I've actually looked into him. But I think more than anything, what about Kenneth Murray being like the – sixth linebacker off the board. That's crazy. Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Queen, Willie Gay, Caleb on chase on Jordan Brooks, Kenneth Murray. So he's the sixth. That's crazy. I mean, I know he's, I know he's not like, I know he's in Los Angeles, but dude, y'all want to take Caleb on chase on and Jordan Brooks. Ahead of him, that's fine. I'll take no. I'll take Kenneth Murray with the three eleven. We we don't love the landing spot necessarily, but I'm still going Kenneth Murray and the talent 
as my third linebacker after Patrick Queen and Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, and it's cool. T- it's cool too because he's the opposite of Isaiah Simmons to where Isaiah Simmons is going to have to fight through the linebacker one from 2019. Like Kenneth Murray, wide open. The only person he's got to deal with is Derwin James trying to tackle people ahead of him. Yep. So production wise, I'm 100 percent fine with those three picks, but I think the pick 12 could be a little sneaky as well. Yeah, are you a Chase Claypool fan there, Bobo? I like him, man. I think that he had some struggles. I think his route running needs a lot of a uh, lot of improvement. But um, I think maybe James Washington gets faded a touch this year, and Chase Claypool probably gets a little bit more play there with Big Ben. And you know, I know they've got Ebron and everything, but dude, Claypool is a freak. I mean, that dude is insane. Um, Size wise, he's enormous. To get him at the end of the third, I mean, he's a great dart throw there for Lee. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Darren Waller stuff, you know, him being a wide receiver that switched to tight end, I think that's probably got a lot of these coaches. You know, I got it's got the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. They could probably, a, I think they could do that with Chase Claypool easy. And a lot of these teams too, we're seeing go to this, you know, twelve man. Um, I forget what they're actually, you know, twelve personnel. There you go. You know, so you look at the Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett of last year, which the Rams actually drafted another tight end this year as well. Yeah. You look at what New England's done with no quarterback, uh, Devin Asiasi, and then whoever else they drafted. So um, a lot of these teams are going to that setup, and uh, I think that that's going to kind of be the new the new normal for the NFL this year. But you're very you're very right. You know, Claypool's a great grab there, and the round three is just a perfect example of. Some of these defensive picks are fine, but you don't pick a Darrell Taylor over a Brian Edwards. That's just drafting 101. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a great reminder of how nice second and third round picks are this year. You're going to have to pay a premium. This is a really nice first round. Um, so you may not be able to get those picks, but you can get these second and third rounders. I feel like at value and pick up some great contributors there in the second and third, especially if you're in an IDP league. So, all right, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's burn through the fourth round here. Baba, we'll hit on your picks, especially. And, uh, Addy, I know you've got, it looks like, uh, the 401 here. So you went Justin Herbert. That hair, I think, is what sealed it for you because sure. uh, we know otherwise he's a big old dork. Um, but at the 402, Van Jefferson, then Lynn Bowden, DJ Dallas, Antonio Gibson, Cole Komet, Julian Aquara, Anthony McFarlane, Jeff Okuda, Jeremy Chin, Marlon Davidson, and Eno Benjamin at the 412. So, Addy, uh, what was the thought there going uh, Justin Herbert at the 401? Uh, thought there was I have Kirk Cousins and Jameis Winston as my two starting quarterbacks. Um, so definitely needed to add another piece. And I thought Herbert was a great value there at 401. Mm-hmm. Agree. I, mean, I, I like Herbert and look who he's throwing to. Yeah, exactly. Great supporting cast. And, you know, I know there's there's a you can find plenty of hate out there on Herbert and a lot of people questioning if he's going to be any good. But I don't care. It's fantasy. They're going to give him a chance to be good for probably, you know, at least the next four or five years. Uh, I'm not worried about it. He'll put up good fantasy stats because I think he's going to be a guy that gets a decent amount of rushing yards. And like we've talked about, plenty of good players around him. 
Well, and let's not forget wide receiver you over there. You've got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So if Herbert gets the start, you've got the double boner points now. Yep. Uh, with with him throwing to those two guys, and we don't know got, a lot. We don't know what if Herbert's really freaking good. Yeah, could be. And you've got one of the best receiving running backs in Austin Eckler behind you. Yep. Yep. Dump it off to him. Give it to Hunter Henry. I mean, good gracious. Yeah. True. Yeah. We talk about what's the best setup in terms of these rookie quarterbacks, you know, as far as offense goes, you could make a really strong case for Burrow. But I think the answer is Herbert. You look at the fact that, you know, you've got, um, you know, a great running back there in Austin Eckler, who's a pass catching back. You have now Justin Jackson, uh, but also some help coming in there. They drafted another running back, didn't jo- they? Yeah, Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly, yeah. I couldn't remember if he was Rams or Chargers, but yeah, you have Joshua Kelly there. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. Uh, you have Hunter Henry. I mean, that's a really nice setup for a rookie a rookie quarterback to walk into. KJ Hill, another guy I like, a late-round rookie they got. He's someone that's probably going to learn a lot from Keenan Allen, excels out of the slot. They, uh, yeah... I love what they've done. The 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 smoke screen with Tyrod that was that was that was fun. Yeah, he'll he'll start two or three games. He'll have a really sad because he's on hard knocks again this year. God, and you remember he had that hilarious scene where he's like, "It's my birthday today." He kept telling everyone it was his birthday, and then like three games later, he was uh, benched for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so uh, I think we're going to see the exact same thing play out on uh, if they have hard knocks in training camp this year. Yeah, you're going to see the same thing play out with Ty. He's probably like, "Am I trapped in Groundhog Day? Like, what the hell is going on here? Can I please just be the starter for?" A team and not have some like top five rookie quarterback breathing down my neck. Yeah, for real. That's uh shut up, Tyrod. Just cash your check. Yeah, you'll be that's fine. right. He'll be fine. He's he's got a nice he's got a nice life. So uh Bobo, let's look at your picks here. So you had the 405, you went Antonio Gibson, you also had the 410, and you went with Jeremy Chin, the safety that we talked about a lot last episode from Carolina. So uh talk about your thought process there with those two picks. Um Antonio Gibson's kind of a dart throw, you know, middle of the fourth. Um I would have probably rather them left him as a wide receiver playing a running back because that would have just kind of been cool. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Nobody really knows what that offense is going to look like, you know, this year. People are comparing him to, like, CMC in their offense, and I'm like, wait a minute, guys. Like, CMC is otherworldly. Like, you know, Antonio Gibson might be able to fill in, like, the Chris Thompson role, but let's not let's not give him the keys to, uh, keys to the car just yet. Um, the Jeremy Chin pick I love, um, but maybe I wish in hindsight I would have taken maybe a Zach Vaughn or a Logan Wilson instead because I still have some linebacker need. I really didn't need another safety, but I just really like Jeremy Chin. I think he is going to be good there in Carolina. So it was kind of best player available, but I don't know. I kind of regret it a little bit in hindsight. No oh, man, you're you got a safety stepping into the uh, Eric Reed role. Eric Reed was like safety three. What was he at last year, Addy and RSO? Safety two or one? Yeah, he was he was very high. So uh, you have a guy there that could be an impact player right away. And there's an important important point here if you're having a rookie draft coming up and you haven't uh, drafted yet is that you see here. 
We have a guy in Jeremy Chin going at the 410 who could be the leading scorer for rookie safeties when you have Xavier McKinney going at the 308. So when we talk about letting the defense fall to you on the board, that's what we're talking about. You know, you see a full round plus later, possibly the safety one for rookies going off the board. So I thought it was a great, great grab. I don't disagree with you that maybe linebacker could have been a better pick there in terms of need, but in terms of talent, that was a slam dunk. No, man, I think that was the pick. In fact, I don't, the linebackers at that point, you're right. Maybe the guy out of Cincinnati that might've made, that might've made some sense, but still plenty of question marks there. People were just writing off Jermaine Pratt. Like he's like, he's, not a thing anymore. <laughs> That's true. I don't get. It's that. all these new, all these new rookies are here, and people are going to talk about him for a while, and then the, you know, training camp stuff's going to come out and be like, hey, he's got a lot of development to go. Right. Yeah. I do. Uh, I don't want to paper over this too much, too. But Van Jefferson is a sick pick there at the second pick in the fourth round, and I really love the Lynn Bowden and the DJ Dallas pick right there. Yeah, um, I those agree. are three great values in the fourth, but especially Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson is either going to take Robert Woods' job when um, they either trade him or drop him or something, or he's too old, or he's going to play over Josh Reynolds this year, or when they don't re-sign Cooper Cup, um, Van Jefferson's going to see the field at some point. That dude is really, really good. He's going to have to get healthy first, but. Yeah, I don't like passing him up now in hindsight, but that was kind of that whole L.A. throw up still in my mouth. Yeah. Acid reflux kind of feel. (laughs) Yeah. I do love the DJ Dallas pick. I'm just sort of getting that like spidey sense that DJ Dallas could be a league winner type just because you see the injuries to Chris Carson, to Rashad Penny. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're getting the Marshawn news floated that um, him and his agents have been, him and his agent have been in contact with the Seahawks about reuniting there. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it will. I don't think Marshawn really wants to go through another full season because uh, his contract, I don't know if you guys saw this, but his contract was literally for two games. Like uh, it was basically, I'm going to play this one regular season game and then however many playoff games we get. And I think it ended up being two games. So wow. he was not about having anything beyond that. Like, Oh, give me a second year option or something. No, he was like, I'm out yeah. <laughs> once this season's over, I'm checking out. So with the injuries to those two guys there, to the point that we're hearing Marshawn return rumors, Oh man, DJ Dallas. I, that's a guy I wouldn't mind taking even earlier in the draft because I think he's going to get a lot of play. And they're calling Marshawn. Marshawn's not calling them. You think so? Absolutely. You know, Pete Carroll, I think he knows, like, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny might be hurt for a little while. Yep. 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 Those were big injuries. I mean, it wasn't a high ankle sprain like a Kamara. Like, there's, there's few injuries that scare me more than a hip injury. Yeah. You know, and because then- you're talking about potential blood flow issues, you know, it doesn't matter what position you play. Your hip is a very important part, but you talk about cutting and juking and accelerating and decelerating. That hip is so important for running backs. And it's not like, Oh, turf toe or something or a high ankle sprain. Like this is a serious injury. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, same with Penny. He had a really bad knee injury. And I, and I do wonder like, are players coming off injuries? Are they going to, are they going to have any effects from this Corona stuff? Not being able to rehab properly, um, things like that, you know, not being able to use team facilities as much, I, I would think. Um, so I don't know, something to monitor, but yeah, 
DJ Dallas, I think the only reason you're seeing him available there in fourth is because we saw so many other reaches earlier in the draft. Same thing with Anthony McFarland. Uh, absolute steals there in the fourth round. This round should have been just full of defense. Yes, I mean, it should have. Might, yes, you might have had a couple spare offensive players, but I mean, this should be your first big defensive round, especially in this draft. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, we uh, did a mock for you on the podcast, guys. Me and Adam did. Yes, I don't know how many defensive players we picked I'd in the first three rounds. Dude, maybe three or four. S- Simmons and Young. Simmons, yeah, maybe maybe Queen, Queen, Queen and I think went in there too. Murray too. Yeah. So four, yeah, in probably the, in four. the first three rounds. So, um, yeah, as long as uh, the guys that are rehabbing their injuries aren't on the Big Ben workout regimen, did you all see this? Yes, mm-hmm. like a uh, half hour of yoga, a round of golf, and some beers. I'm like, God, that. God bless Big Ben. Like, I just love the fact that he owns being like a fat. You know, just not, crazy beard, just like a huge beer gut. Like he knows, you know. Yeah. And I just, I'm glad that he's not letting society pressure him into, or the Pittsburgh Steelers pressure him into <laughs> actually being in shape. You know, yeah. to play quarterback uh, for an NFL but, franchise. It's because he knows. He's like, y'all want to go out and you know roll out Duck Hodges again? I didn't think so. Yeah. Mason I heard Rudolph. it floated today. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Mason Rudolph, please. No more Mason Rudolph. Um, I heard it floated today. I think it was Evan Silva said, why have the Steelers not signed Big Ben yet? That's like the perfect team to have a nice contingency plan behind Big Ben. Say Cam, you because, mean Cam, you, say, you said. Uh, yeah, you said Big Ben. Did I say Big Ben? They should sign Big Ben. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. They should also sign Big Ben. But no, Cam Newton makes the most sense there for the Steelers. Agree. Uh, because that is a super talented team. But we saw we saw how talented it was because these crappy backups almost took them to the playoffs. They would have been in as the seven seed under this new playoff format. So I think if you have a competent backup there in, uh, in Cam Newton that uh, – if Big Ben goes down or he's just too fat and wants to go live on the ranch and drink beer for the rest of his life, that that team's not going to go down in flames this year. No, they did. They did really well in the, in the offseason so far, adding Ebron, adding Chase Claypool uh, and adding Anthony McFarland. I like all those moves. I agree. Very nice offseason for the Steelers. So, all right, let's look here. Fifth round. We'll breeze through these and see if there's any that you want to touch on. Uh, so. 501, Tyler Johnson, the Tampa Bay wide receiver. 502 was Zach Bond. Derek Brown. Jalen Hurts goes at the 504. Adam Troutman. Grant Delpit. KJ Hamler. Antoine Winfield. Logan Wilson at the 509. Malik Harrison. Akeem Davis Gaither. And with the 512, Kyle Duggar, the safety out of New England. So, any players that you all want to touch on here in the fifth round, boys? Um, the ones that stand out, I love Tyler Johnson and I love Adam Troutman. Um, Tyler Johnson, maybe he doesn't have a role immediately, but uh, that's someone that I was very high on, um, you know, before the draft and he slipped to the fifth round. But this is also a guy that didn't participate in the combine, um, didn't attend the senior bowl. So, you know, uh, you wonder what the reasons were for that stuff, but it definitely affected his stock. But I think he's one of the guys where you gotta you gotta rely on the tape um, and, and what you saw because I think he's one of the more polished and better receivers in this class, especially from the slot. 
Um, and if he does get an immediate role, good Lord, that could be huge because we know how much Tom Brady loves targeting the slot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love those picks as well. I like the Zach Vaughn at 502. I think that's a great value. I think he'll be there a while. Um, you know, Demario Davis is a little bit older, so I think that's a fine value. Uh, Del Pitt's okay at 206. Um, I just don't like Del Pitt. I just don't think he's that talented. I think he's going to be overrated in the NFL. Um, KJ Hamler is actually nice at the 507. That's a great offensive draft pick there late in the fifth. Um, Logan Wilson, I'm kind of with Adam. Let's not paper over uh, his boy Jermaine Pratt quite yet. And then, you know, maybe the ultimate sleeper pick in Kyle Duggar with the 512. I love that pick. That's a great pick to just sit and wait on. You know, Belichick knows what he's doing. Lenore Ryan, super small school this kid's out of. But, I mean, that guy is really, really talented. You know, I know we talked about him with Mike W. on the on the Sode, and uh, um, I think Duggar could be awesome up there in New England. But, yeah, fine, fine fifth round. Yeah, I like that fifth round. Um, I definitely – I think this was the only draft where I wasn't able to come away with Adam Troutman. So I, I really regret having uh, not having a fifth-round pick. Uh, yeah, because Jared Cook is like – 30 he's up he's there. very old and yeah. uh yeah. yeah by all accounts everything i've i've uh, been reading up on about this guy is is um he was pretty much the alpha at the senior bowl and um yeah i mean the saints traded up to get him so you always players like that it's always uh you always want to pay attention to to teams that use a lot of draft capital to move up to 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 grab some of these guys yeah, Jared Cook's 33. You have to imagine that um, Troutman's QB for at least maybe the majority of his career in the early years could be Jameis Winston. Because uh, I think a lot of smart people think this may be Drew Brees' last year. I mean, Sean Payton pretty much came out and said it was going to be Brees' last year. Yeah. He's already got the contract uh, there to do the um, the commentating gig post playing career. So that would be fun though. I, like I said, I don't mind Jameis there with Sean Payton. If that is the contingency plan once breeze is gone. So he um, loves this, ends. that he does. Uh, I wanted to ask you this because this is a discussion we had that really got me thinking. I actually had a few fifth rounders and moved him in that David Johnson deal, but you had said previously fifth rounders, I don't really know that I want a whole lot of fifth rounders because I'd rather just go get the guys that could be in the fifth round in the auction and not be tethered to them for four years if they end up being a bust. Looking at this fifth round, do you still feel that way? Would you have wanted to have some fifth round picks or just maybe go grab these guys in the auction? Yes, I would have liked to have had a a couple of the fifth round picks. I mean, Tyler Johnson and Adam Troutman, both definitely guys that I wanted and I was hoping slip through. Um, so I could go get him in the auction, but you know, that's just the way it goes. And, and also if you get one of these, um, the classic move, a lot of people, you know, you, you, you draft someone in the fifth round, someone will send you an offer for two fifths. Do not accept that trade. Just because you draft them in the fifth round does not mean that that's their value. Mm-hmm. A lot of these yeah, guys, a lot of these guys are third round values being drafted in the fifth round. That doesn't mean sell them for a third. They're they're essentially saying that next year 
you could be able to get two Tyler Johnsons yeah. in the fifth no, round. No, not all yeah. draft classes are equal. This is We've heard about it for a long time, how loaded up this class is, and that's what you're seeing. That's why you're seeing Tyler Johnson, Troutman, guys like that go late. Mm-hmm. Yep. So any final takeaways here from this fifth round, Bobo? Nope. No takeaways, Josh. No takeaways at all. Well, I just wanted to reread here, Bobby, because we are so proud of you. Just wanted to read your draft hall because this was this was a a pivotal moment for your franchise here in the XFFL. Uh, you had accumulated all these picks over the course of last season and years before. So I just want to read your draft hall because there is something to be said for building through like your free agent auction and the rookie draft. But man, this team that you have now is set up for success uh, because we've talked about it. That's the reason we did the rookie draft review. It's hard to hit on all these guys, but these seem like some slam dunk picks. So you had coming away 11 players, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Michael Pittman Jr., Brian Edwards, Devin DuVernay, Kenneth Murray, Antonio Gibson, and Jeremy freaking Chin as your 11th guy off the board. So just round of applause, Bobo. That was a beautifully done, well-executed draft. Good, sir. That's how I felt. Just like a, like a, like a baby, like a newborn baby. Just ready to smile. Yes, drink sir. Meal, yes, sir. You know, suck on my pacifier, shake my rattle. Oh, I was pleased with that, Josh. I was so pleased with that. Now, Maybe, I, Bobby, why are you going with the newborn uh, analogy here? Is it uh, is there some know, news that you want to break? I better hope not. <laughs> <laughs> if so, that's going to be news to me as well. <laughs> you know something I don't know, Josh? Maybe, but I'm sworn to secrecy. Oh, man. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> starting to sweat. Nah, I'm happy with it. I don't know. We'll see. You know, it's still rookie hype season, so some of these guys will end up being bust. But it's fun in May in quarantine. Bo, you killed That's right. it. You killed it, and we're awful proud of you. Just yeah. real, real proud. Yeah. <laughs> So hopefully this was helpful for our listeners here to give you all sort of a peek into how this rookie draft shook out. Um, You know, we saw quite a few picks here between the three of us. I'm glad I was able to contribute one to the conversation. But just to give you all an idea, like we talk about ADP, that's great. But what does it actually look like when you get into a draft? So hopefully this helps you all as you uh, move into your rookie drafts, if you haven't had those already. Um, And so we'll put a bow on this one here, fellas. Like we said, two things. Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, plus a written out review. It's very helpful. Shout out again to Ray from Taiwan. And also, be sure to check out the episode on Tuesday. We're, we've all got a little butterflies already thinking about who we're going to be bringing on. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Gentlemen, I am so very excited here in the hopefully near future to get back in the soda shack and enjoy the musk of you two that I have not got to enjoy for several months now. That's right. Sounds like it could be something happening by the end of the month. Possibly. If our wives will allow it, I could just see them being like, you idiots. No, you cannot go record your (laughs) podcast in Josh's shed. We are still in the middle of a pandemic, but we'll see. Maybe we just sneak off after they go to bed. That's right. We'll open the windows. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll open the windows. We'll air it out. You know, we'll we'll sit six feet apart or whatever. We'll just sit out in the yard, just holler, <laughs> just in lawn Try. chairs, just cracking a few, tossing them back. It's no problem for me, boys. 
That's right. Adam probably needs to sit in the driveway for how much he yells. True. We can put him that far away from his mic. True. So anyways, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate appreciate you all. In the past, I would say six to eight weeks, uh, it has been really amazing here to kind of wrap up on a sentimental note. Our listenership has pretty much doubled in the past two months. So welcome to all of our new listeners. We appreciate you checking us out. We're going to keep coming at you every single week during this off season. No weeks off. We've got a lot of cool stuff planned for you all. Like we said, some big time guests coming up, some really cool stuff happening behind the scenes. So stay tuned to the Big 3 IDP podcast. We're going to keep bringing you that fantasy goodness all off season, Bobo. Maybe a few weeks off. No, sir. Josh. Josh. Retire, Josh. Let us. Every every single week, we will be here, the three of us, possibly two times a week, you know, Uh, once we move into that dead period of the season, maybe three times a week. I think that's eventually the goal, in all seriousness. We want to do one live show a week, and then we'd like to do a StreamYard show a week. So, um, yeah, like always, big tings. Big things as always. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll come back to you guys on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend and uh, go look at that schedule release. Tally up all the victories for your favorite team and try to convince yourself that they're not going 16 and 0. Bobby, Addy, thanks as always for joining me, gentlemen. And uh, thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next week. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Big3IDP.